Hello and welcome to the Deep Overstock Fiction Podcast. This is another special episode for uh, celebrating childhood, issue 20 of Deep Overstock. And what we're doing today is discussing uh, three poetry pieces by the author Lynette Esposito. The titles are uh, Granddaughter, Child Amongst the Wildflowers, and Laughter in the Hallway. And for discussing this piece today, I have joining me the poet and author, composer and musician, Nicholas Yandel. He is the author of Poetry Collection of Restless Wonder and the Photozine Lost Drinks of Las Vegas and the composer of many incredible pieces. Uh, and Nick has been a huge part of Deep Overstock for a long, long time. So Nick, thank you very much for coming on to the show. Absolutely. I'm thrilled to be here. So yeah, it's, it's, always, it's always great. <laughs> And we have another great author who I think we both like a lot and we've, we've read a lot of her stuff. And I'm just really excited to um, talk with you today about Lynette Esposito. I am such a big fan. What, what do you think about her poetry? I've, oh, I've really been a huge fan of her poetry. Yeah. I'm excited to just to be, it's also exciting to be talking about poetry because mm. mostly what I tend, have tended to submit to deep overstock is poetry. So I do love to, this is something we, I am yet, I've had yet to have a chance to really talk about. So I do love, she has a, she's very, these, these poems, a set of three, they're very, uh-huh. very concise. Yeah. And then, and I think, but, but it's, there's a lot to them. But there's a lot, but it's it's um, the yeah. I I just like how spare she was with her words in general, especially the last one of these, the laughter in the hallway. But this is, but it's just it's it's just it's her her yeah. I I feel like her word choice was very effective, and yeah, it's what it's what it needed to be. It also really brings you kind of it it brings you into it brings you into the into that space of being a child but also in a in a reflective way in a really effective reflective reflective way about yeah. it yeah and and i and i think it's kind of special but the, the and one of the thing i think it's special that it is sort of a trio of poems too because i think it really gives you a sort of a, a um a really good kind of snapshot of her perception of this time this childhood this time of childhood and this kind of stuff so i i really like that part of it Let's uh, listen now to these pieces. I want to ask you again about that, the snapshot of childhood perception. We've been talking about that a little bit and the way different authors are approaching it. So for the listeners, listen to that. See how childhood is expressed in the, I guess, the narrator's voice or the poet's voice. And um, we'll come back and talk about it. For now, here is the three pieces, Granddaughter, Child Amongst the Wildflowers, and Laughter in the Hallway by Lynette Esposito. Hello, this is Lynette Esposito from Mount Laurel, New Jersey. I'm going to read three poems on early childhood. The first one is entitled Granddaughter. When you are two, no is your favorite word, and kisses are magic. The sky is always blue with cotton clouds. When it rains, You sing, go away, go away, and it does. I am lifted by your belief that all is well, or will be. Kisses make it better, even if it still hurts. You are a child of light for such a short time. I sing, don't go away, don't go away. But you do. The second poem 
its child amongst the wildflowers. The meadow is in bloom. With spring colors, birds sing as if the newness has never happened before. A small child discovers grass. I discovered joy watching him in the open field at the early beginning of his life, laughing as if this could go on forever. The sun sets in all its beauty at the horizon, as if pulling an eyelid over its eye. The child runs from the dark. And the third one is laughter in the hallway. You better not run, grandmother says. Off they go like fire trucks sounding the alarm with wild laughter as they tear down the hallway with grandmother behind chasing with her heavy steps after their light ones, roaring like a dinosaur. Okay, Nick, we, we were talking about the perspective, like the childhood perspective, um, especially these, these are, I believe, all first-person poems. Is that true? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think? About, how is the author kind of achieving a childhood perspective here? Well, I think it's, I think, I think a lot of it is, is kind of, I mean, it's, it, a lot of it is kind of the, the sort of the main focus of the yeah. poems are things that are things that I, I think there's a lot of things that you wouldn't necessarily, you, you kind of have to think of them in the, in the idea of childlike wonder, yeah. like wonder at these type of things. And I think that's because it's like, whereas, whereas somebody who's not a child and has lived a long time has has, ex has experienced many of these things so many times there isn't so much the same sense of wonder is that i mean in terms of you the, so the the type of the type of material that's worked into this poem is very reflective of being a child even though immediately this that when it rains you sing go away go mm -hmm. away and so it does this idea that oh okay my singing somehow influenced the rain to go away and that's sort of a sense of you know it's this it's this kind of it's this idea of like even even if you know that that's not true as a child, you still kind of imagine that it's happening, and that's a sense of and and that's that's this sense of well, you know, it's a sense of imagination. It's the sense of like it's okay to it's okay to imagine to put yourself in that place to imagine these things, and then just like in terms of talking about the first one, if we want to go, do you want to? Shall we go consecutively through them? Sure. So I think the first one start with Grandar. Yeah. It's like these. This, this she immediately brings it to that that to that point of where you says when you're a two, no is your favorite word because kids, that's usually the the first word that many kids know, learn is no the word no kisses are magic the sky is always blue with cotton clouds they, look at the imagination right there the clouds are cotton the description of a, of, a, of cotton clouds being like okay this is you know that's something a child knows in that's that they physically feel cotton oftentimes you know in some ways and then you know they see the clouds and be like oh that looks the same as the cotton balls so and, it's like there's this there's this connection of thinking as a child and that's where i think lynette really mastered this idea as being like i am going to i want to think about these things like a child would and, and i think that's where that's where i think she captured it so well it's a lot of very simple things it, it, in terms of what it is, we've got the sky, clouds, rain, um, kisses, this like, and then, you know, and then this kind of like, 
Um, and then, see, so then it kind of, as it progresses, it gets a little more, it gets a little deeper in terms of it. So it starts in that little childlike space, and then it gets to the end. We have kisses make it better, even if it still hurts. You are a child of light for such a short time. I sing, don't go away, don't go away, but you do. So we have this sense of a little bit, just like a little bit of a more of an emotional type thing, but still in that kind of idea of a child. And I think I, I like sort of the emotional exploration that this first poem really does for me. That's kind of where I see the awe that the character, that the narrator establishes, the writer establishes for that childhood experience. You know, you look into the sky, yeah. it's blue, it's full of cotton clouds. When you when you sing Go Away, the rain does go away. Um, it's interesting to have the kind of age. We talked in the last episode and we talked about Desiree Ducharme's piece about the child having kind of an elastic understanding of hearing a word and what they envision. And we have kind of an elastic understanding of what someone says and what happens here too. You know, no is your favorite word and maybe no has more power uh, for a kid. They're kind of creating their reality around them or reality is happening, but then they're creating their understanding as they go. No, it doesn't exist. No, it does exist. No, it doesn't exist. It is a, it's yeah. a, not just a favorite word, but a powerful word, I think. And it's interesting to have this structure to go from the, the awe and the the big, wonderful world then to the end where we have a kind of repeated, almost not a refrain, but a repeated structure with from, from uh, go, go away. And it does to, uh, I sing, don't yeah. go away, don't go away, but you do. And then I think as readers, we're left in awe to think, oh my God, we had uh, a perfect expression of the magic of childhood looking out experiencing the world and now we have this kind of i don't even know how to feel about it this uh -huh. if you have a granddaughter you know your granddaughter grows up and eventually goes away from you and you don't want yeah. your grandchild to go away from you but they have to go and explore and keep building that world for themselves reading yeah. that and having the author structure it for me as the reader to see wow uh this has given me a new perspective on childhood and also on becoming a grandparent yeah yeah it's it's that it's yeah that's such an it's such an interesting kind of because yeah it is that is it is that view of it is that view of the grandmother understanding the child and seeing all these yeah. things and then that yeah it it this the structure really the structure really is wonderful in that yeah, they went, so they, the whole bringing in the rain talking about no and then talking about then you know going back I sing "Don't Go Away," so it ties those it ties their that those themes into it. It's um, and just yeah, and just kind of this it frames that it frames that time of life so well, and it frames it from that grandmother's perspective really like that. I yeah, it's just really well done. So yeah, playing with it's kind of playing with themes and um, contradictions. The contradictions, I mean, that's what. I think one of the best things that poetry poetry does is it it cre it creates this sort of yeah it creates these sort of con these contrary ideas that when combined when combined like create this friction that makes you feel something and I think that's where that's the that's where the key of those things go because because it's set up you only you know if you read the last paragraph. If you read the past paragraph alone, you you would get something out of it, but you wouldn't get 
you wouldn't get the whole feeling. You get the whole feeling because it was set up one way with expectations and then taken to a, another place. I think that's where you get this. Yeah, so that that friction between those. So. Oh, okay. So kind of finding those friction points and seeing how you can bring them out sure. or create them. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I think that's where that's, yeah. Really, really, really well done with that. So <laughs> she's a master, right. Lynette. Let's go on to um, yeah. our, our next poem, Child Amongst the Wild Flowers. This one is a different structure. Um, what, what do you think about the structure of this one? What does it achieve? Uh, if it is something similar to the last poem or is it something different? They'll kind of bring it to some aspect of that childlike wonder, like all yeah. these poems in this. Um, and I think you get this. It's even really stated is the the fourth line, as if the newness has never happened before. I think that's that's that captures this because a child is seeing so many things that even if they're not their first time, there's still that new feeling of these things. But then a small child discovers grass. Like that, it's 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 this thought about this. So it is it is playing with the same things, but the structure is very different to this one, and it's got that it's got that final line that's 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 alone. This kind of idea. So it's like the final line is is in some ways different from the rest of the structure of the poem, I think. And that's and and that I think putting putting that line off separately, I think, gives a very distinct feeling to the poem. So. That is uh, very interesting, Nick. You, we, we read um, a while ago Desiree Ducharme's piece. We talked about needing to look at the page. This is a good point, too, because yeah. in Child Amongst the Wildflowers, all of the lines are together. There's only one There's only one space between the lines, and that's the final line. The child runs from the dark. It's separate. Yeah, I think that it's the 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 last line, I think it's it's another it's another type of thing where as the last line is especially poignant when you've when contrasted with the the rest of it it's sort of it's it's similar so it is similar to the first one in a way but instead of taking a whole paragraph to do it she did it with one line yeah she did she did one paragraph versus one line and i think that gives it that really that really it really sums up that feeling in such a concise way and this is what i was talking about her, her conciseness of poetry because that's all she needed she just needed one line and because it's one line it just makes you sit on that line and it puts huh. pressure on that line and puts all kinds of and that i think that makes you that just adds so much emphasis on but, that and that's that's where i kind of like i feel like is the the brilliance of this because it's literally well, one line versus a whole paragraph i did not notice that at all until you mentioned it and i think it is something very special about this poem because all of the lines that are together, like you said, they're they're bright, they're about joy, they're about wonder. Yeah. And the final one is the only dark one. It has the word dark. The child runs from dark. And I think when we read Pat Dutt's piece, Early Science, especially Early Science by Pat Dutt, that piece is interesting because we have kind of trauma. What could have been trauma, what we thought might have been like a traumatic event for a child, but the child, mm -hmm. uh, instead of reacting to what was scary they just are looking at the the early science you know all the glittering sand while they're underwater they get uh, bumped over knocked into water suddenly as a three-year-old then they're looking at this beautiful sand and kind of discovering out the science for themselves so we have kind of a a different structure of kind of spiraling not spiral that's a negative word kind of walking on a line between scary stuff and 
exciting stuff. And then we have uh, Lynette's different structure here where we have exciting stuff and running away from scary stuff at the very end. And both pieces are yeah. doing something I think is special about the genre childhood, which is learning, experiencing, th having experiences that are joyous and new and exciting and coming up against experiences that are too much or are not joyous or are too dark one has to run away from. And I just like, again, how it's in the child's mindset in first person here to really feel that. Well, and I think this is, I think this is, I mean, and this is one of those, the, yeah, it's, this is one of those, this is one of those poems that you, you definitely get, I think you, you get more, you get more and more out of it, reading it over and over again. Cause I think immediately once you get to the end, you're like, it, it takes you to a bit of a surprise place in some ways to me, just with, but once again, going back to that ending line and that line, the child runs from dark. That, that, that line isn't especially is, isn't, is, 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 I mean, contrasted with what comes before it, you have the idea the sun sets in all its beauty at the horizon. It's a pulling an eyelid over its eye. So you have the sun setting. So they, it's going, it's dark outside. So this is, we have all this kind of stuff happening. And then we have the child runs from dark. And it's this whole idea that yes, in this in the simplest form, yeah, the child is, you know, scared of the dark, or the child's running away from the dark. But in this complex form, you get this is like this. Um, you get a lot more emotions behind it because you because of, because of how everything was set up so brightly. It's just it, it's not it's and I think that's that's the key to just creating this kind of vivid emotional expression and yes. it's so important and it and it and it and and so once you get to the end and you read that first line and then you that that first line because it's one line it stays with you as you're rereading it and then you're thinking about that once you reread it you're thinking about this all this brightness but where it leads to that and it leads to that contrasting type of thing, and it's just this, yeah. See, that's that's where that's that's where I was blown away by this, yeah. and it was all about the the fact that it's all about what she did with that last line. That's that's the key to it. It, it would have been a beautiful poem, a beautiful expressive poem, if you had if without with it, it without that line. With this line, it has it adds a whole other level of depth to it, yeah. and and exp exactly how she did it. That to me is. Um, what comes is so important on the page, what comes in so important of how, how important space and placement is in poetry. This is, this is the key example of that. So, and conciseness, conciseness too, because it's conciseness because it makes you, it just makes you concentrate on five, there's five words in the, in the second paragraph. That's it. <laughs> so that's all you concentrate on. So that's, that's it. So well done. <laughs> yeah, well done, Lynette. Well done, yeah, Lynette. Having, like you said, the the structure of that and the, the actual visual structure and the experience of going through the whole poem, it does give you beauty, and then the end is it leaves you stunned. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a really good way to say it. Absolutely, that's that's the yeah. It's a yeah. It just kind of leaves it sort of. It's complete, but it's also sort of dangling there with well, that. And that's it's it plays with it plays with that emotion because it's summing everything up into that into the, that last sentence that whole thing of this the child runs from the dark 
And then you have to think about it as you're reading over, you have to think about all that stuff into this, into in that context. Watching him in the early field at the beginning of his life, laughing as this could go on to forever. You have this idea of like, yeah, this is this, you know, where you have that feeling, but then like you have you have this day, this this you have this this very bright and happy day, and just like laughing as if the day could go on forever, but the day is ending here. And then the child is scared of the dark and runs away from after this whole thing. So you have this sort of, yeah, you have this, I don't know. It's very, yeah, it's very, it, 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 it really, it says so much in so few words. Once again, I'm saying the conciseness is what I really like about hers. Yeah. And I'm not the most concise poet. So <laughs> I really, I really respect this. So <laughs> Hey, you're a great uh, poet. You and Lynette always submit some of our good favorites <laughs> for, the, for the journal. Yeah. Uh, Let's see you guys. Before, we, we, we're going to move on to laughter in the hallway in a second, but something you were saying, and it kind of happened in the last poem too, where we did have, you said, it would be a beautiful poem by itself, but then with these added lines, it makes you think about uh, what you've just read. And it's kind of a difference between experiencing something beautiful, especially out in nature or something, you say, wow, this is so beautiful. And then experiencing something well, yeah. awesome, not not being wow, awesome, dude, but um, it's experiencing awe to think, whoa, uh, life is really great and beautiful, but it also has kind of an intense, um, absolute nature, yeah. that character to it. Sometimes Th- this this discovering beauty, and then suddenly thinking, oh, there's um, something much bigger than me. That sometimes is scary and beautiful at the same time. I, I think about it if you if you think about um, you know like if you think about sort of. It, you, you think about it when you're a child and you consume like children's shows oh. that really don't have any, they don't really have oh. any, they, they, they're very mild in what they have. They, they're, they're overall happy. You're not dealing with a lot oh. of struggles and those type of things. But as you, so sort of as you, you know, and, and most people would think it's ideally it's 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 ideally a child should have that experience of not having to you know of not having to have major things that traumatize them in their in their childhood i mean obviously that's that's uh-huh. the ideal thing of like parents don't want that to happen to kids um but but it's um but there's a certain there's but there's a turning point for that because inevitably it's going to something's going to happen something's going to scare the kid and so that 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 time um but when you're in that time you don't necessarily know that this is what's coming ahead of you is to be that you're going to be traumatized and scared by things and that that, that these these things because you don't haven't necessarily had those experiences yet so you have nothing to base that on but kind of once but once you've experienced that looking back at those early days where you have those things where you can't really relate to it or I can't, I mean, you can, you can look at it to, to me. I can't, I don't, I don't, I, I can't relate to something. I, I, I have a very hard time relating to something that's just like, you know, like really happy and there's no conflict and anything like that um, because it's just, it just doesn't, it doesn't reflect on life for me that much anymore. I I'm like, I, I want to see the depth of it. I want to see the, I want to see the emotional journey of things because, you know, because I've lived 40 years of life and I've seen so much of this. I think that going back to Lynette's poetry, this, this, and maybe I'm coming from it from that perspective, but you know, this is, but I'm coming from this, this is sort of, to me, this is, this, this captures that idea that this whole beginning sets up this whole, 
of just just the wonder and the joy of this and then it's just like you have that the beginning of this process you have the beginning of the process of where yeah that's but you know this is this can't last forever this doesn't last forever and and then there's this thing and this is sort of the beginning of these things and that's sort of a part of life but it's also why it resonates to me because if it had just been a beautiful description of a child playing in the grass i'd be like yeah you know i guess i sort of have that but i have a hard time thinking about childhood as i don't think about childhood as an idyllic place i don't think it you know i had a pretty decent childhood but i don't think of it as an idyllic place because i still think about all the struggles and i think about the first difficult times things and i think Mm -hmm. about being scared of the dark like that was that's a that's a legitimate thing it's one of the things that you know that that children very frequently um once they there's a certain stage though because like little kids really little kids are so there's that stage where you start thinking about that's it true. Yeah. and then there's something about the dark that's scaring there's something about the unknown and there's even though you can't process maybe what the unknown cool. is and i think that's Maybe I'm reading way too much into this, but that, but that's that's where I get this. I get this feeling. This is this is the feeling. I see this as like almost like a turning point in this child, where this is like, okay, now I'm afraid of the dark. Like this is all the wonder, everything was good, but now it's starting to be like this is this is that tough. This is where things get more complicated. Maybe let's just say that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot. That's yeah. a lot to unpack. Not necessarily <laughs> the, the end of. <laughs> it's like the end of innocence. Was... It's sort of that's kind of where I think it's like the end of innocence in in terms of, of that where where you have where you only have that that short period of time where you really haven't been you know haven't been exposed to scarier things and you have this um, and then it's. Um, then it becomes sort of a hybrid where you can still experience the wonder for a while, but you also you also have the imagination. That same imagination that gets applied to the wonderful things about you know discovering grass and the the cotton clouds also oh. gets applied to the monsters in your closet. So it gets the same sort of wonder gets applied to the at at a certain point wherever that where wherever that darkness that unknown creeps in in your childhood that same that is saying yeah the same imagination where child children start to be scared of things that aren't there either you know there's that aspect of it so because why is the child running from the dark i mean you know this it's just a sunset right but that's not what the child i mean the child imagined all this other stuff the child obviously is scared of something about this unknown darkness that they can't clearly see it's interesting lynette has kind of done that too i didn't notice that they said it but She's kind of done that with the final line before that, too, because we have all of this stuff that is normal. Yeah. You know, experiencing grass, it's all beautiful. But then the final line before the dark is before we have that gap. It says, um, you've read it, but I'll read it again. The sun sets in all its beauty at the horizon. Here's the fantasy part. As if pulling an eyelid over its eye. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the fantasy is starting to begin. And then that creative, that imagination, which can create fun things can also apparently create dark things. Yeah. Now the child runs from dark, like you said, now there's that kind of schism where things of darkness or scariness are going to start uh, growing because of imagination yeah. and be represented by the dark. And she mm. just leaves that hanging there, that one line, the break between yeah. it, the one line yeah. just hanging there to imagine the, you know, all the, all the fears. So 
very effectively. Also, also, I'm thinking I'm going to sleep with the light on tonight. After <laughs> so talking to all these <laughs> monsters, <laughs> monsters in the darkness. Uh, oh no, they're really. <laughs> well, that scared us. Yeah, we de- we definitely just kidding. With it. <laughs> in a good way, we scared ourselves. We scared ourselves in a good way. In a good way. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Beautiful poem on that. I, yeah. Let's let's go into laughter in the hallway. I think it's a nice transition from uh, joyousness, then suddenly running from the dark. Now there's this other poem, laughter in the hallway, which again has a different structure. Now, what do you think of laughter in the hallway? This one, yeah. I mean, I think this is this is the shortest of the three, the most concise, only eight lines. It's um, it's, and I think it it's it it still it still expresses that it's it still obviously it's in the same tune as the others where it's expressing this idea of um of kind of a little bit of imagination off they go like fire trucks you have it doing this roaring like yeah. a dinosaur you have a lot of this um, this kind of imagery of that it's a kid too which are which i mean I can immediately relate to those things. Both of those, both of those things are like toys that you play with as a kid. So fire trucks and dinosaurs. Immediately, oh, I played with both of those, true, yeah. and tons of dinosaurs had a yeah. great fire truck. So immediately, yeah, right. <laughs> it, it's funny. I don't. I, mean, yeah. I, I don't know if that's like a. I don't know if it's uh, if it's a universal thing or a universal Western thing to play with dinosaurs and fire trucks for whatever reason, or maybe it's just, but anyway, it's such a, it's, it, it it's something that's so, immediately relatable. So, um, uh, you get this really strong sense of how that imagination works into this interaction with the grandmother here. And sort of, um, I think that's, uh, that, that is, is vividly captured well. And it's, uh, it doesn't quite this this one doesn't to, to me it doesn't have quite the it doesn't quite have the as much of the darker side as the other two of of those but I love I love the expression of it and it's kind of a nice ending in a way of the three because it is it is um you get yeah you get the idea that the the grandmother is chasing after them but you not you don't really get the idea that this is a really ominous thing I don't really feel like the the grandmother chasing them it's more of like a fun thing. Even if the grandmother's annoying, annoyed at them running, like I don't, yeah. Um, but the, the the sort of vividness of of everything, everything that the the, the childlike imagination could turn this experience into, that's what that's what she captures really well. I think in this. So, yes, that's true. It's okay. So as far as like the goal or what's what the poet is achieving, it's kind of similar to the other ones. Even this one's not ominous, yeah. you know, but it's kind of similar with what the imagination can produce you know it's like an experiment saying what childhood imagination as the child understands the world what that imagination can do uh and in the first poem we had kind of uh an ending that's like ooh, a sting of longing like as a grandparent you know your grandchild kind of having to move away grow up at the end of uh, child amongst the wildflowers we have oh a childhood at some point darkness starts to scare you uh and in this one it ends with explosive laughter, fun, Bad. roaring grandmother chasing you. But it's interesting because the first two lines, if you moved them to the end of the poem, they would definitely, in my opinion, I think, make the poem ominous. Those first yeah. two lines are, you better not run, grandmother says. If we have the fun and we end with that, it's the grandmother is angry now. Yeah. 
or we it's, had you know, fun. It's, it's this ominous, that, yeah. it's this ominous warning, and, and you and you would think of it, you would think yeah. of it as being like this is, yeah, this is, um, you you could you could read you could read into that you could read into it to a lot more with thinking that was if yeah if that had been at the end this is like whether that was you know being dangerous in life or whether that was um living life too fast and not looking there's a lot of things we could read into at the end but it's not at the end so it's at the beginning and i think that and and in so in some ways that that's i think it's a um it's and that's why i i think i think i think taking the three as a collection i i mean i'm, well, I'm assuming did she did she name she didn't she, she didn't name the collection but I'm assuming she intended the three to be read together. That's my 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 assumption about this that these weren't that these weren't just three separate poems that she submitted. I I feel like these three they tie together um, in such a way because it 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 also sort of leaves you. I think it it's a, it leaves it as a satisfying thing for the for the reader at the end because it's mm-hmm. like you you get you're left once again with kind of a more uplifting more fun aspect of the childhood and you're left with that as opposed to the more kind of sad one in the first one and the slightly dark one in the second one you know that like that more ominous part of the second one you're left with this one is now it's the opposite it's like okay we're this is just this is this is imagination this is like the uh, this is an expression of that kind of that kind of interaction and just kind of the sort of fun joy in it. So I don't even, yeah, as I said, so I, I think that's, um, and it's just a great, a, 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 a very relatable description too. And, yeah. and, uh, and just super creative. The, the end, the end part with the, the ran, grandmother and her heavy steps chasing after being like a dinosaur roaring like a dinosaur it's so good that's so good oh yeah grandma the dinosaur i know i don't know <laughs> grandma the dinosaur grandma dinosaur yeah. I, I don't know either i think i think the poems could be standalone for sure, sure. like they're all successful poems on their own but yeah i wonder if she planned it because it's very masterful planning if sure. she did it having um starting with granddaughter going to child amongst the wildflowers and now Ending this one, uh, laughter in the hallway. It's almost like a, a dessert. It's um, you have the kind of fake threat, you know. Like yeah. grandparents are really good at this. Like, I'm gonna get you. Yeah. Or you better not run. But then it's a total joke, and the kids are like, "Oh, what's gonna happen? Oh yeah. Has our has our imagination done something? It's gonna get us in trouble? No. Grandma's just now joining the imagination. What we've created, Grandma's yeah. gonna join, and she's gonna make it even more fun. And they go off running. No. Um, and it's and it's so such it's that fun. yeah great it's and it's such the it's such the yeah I and and that's and so and I love I love it taken in context with the first one where you talk about this idea yeah. of you talk about this idea of the grandma the you see you see first this idea of the sort of like sadness the grandma is feeling about the person about the child going away. And then it ends sort of with this grandmother being able to engage the grandmother, a part of the grandmother, like joins into the childlike wonder. So it's like restoking that childlike wonder in it in such a way that just, mm-hmm. which, which is, I don't know, there's, it's, 
I'm trying to think of a better word than poetic because it's a poem. (laughs) But like the idea of, you know, the the idea of somebody who's lived so long in their life being able to once again, once they're around somebody who's in that state of wonder, like that being uh, like an opportunity, like a, you know, they have this, they have this opportunity to go back into that moment and join into it. And I think that, you know, that, I I remember that. Yes. I remember those interactions with grandparents and then being like and and just how wow, that's like you know, obviously 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 you, you know, obviously you're you have lived all of this life and things like that, but you're taking this opportunity to like join in with this and and be like enjoying that. There's there's, you know, I don't know. It's uh and it seems like be something that grandparents tend to be able to do really well. And it makes me wonder at a certain point you just like you've lived enough of life that you know you don't have to be serious about everything and you know that you could do you can yeah but you know that you can be the dinosaur running after the fire trucks and that's okay <laughs> you don't have to think about how absurd it is you're just like you know what i'm a grandparent so i can go. do whatever i want <laughs> so like <laughs> so and that's what i like that's to a, think. i did, did not I th- yeah, that's what I'm hoping too. Yeah, eventually we'll get old and just become the the dinosaurs running around roaring. It'd be quite fun. Well, that's um, yeah. That that, that is... I did not. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Yeah, it's so good talking with you about these because I am not. I don't do. I don't write poetry, and so that's why you know you and Tim both have been so helpful in our poetry because I go to you guys always. <laughs> like, <laughs> what do I do? Um, so. <laughs> and I, d- I did not see that like you you found in the middle poem there's that final line and it's separated mm-hmm. and that creates all the difference and you found the relationship between laughter in the hallway the third poem and the first poem granddaughter where we have um the grandparent kind of feeling almost um left behind or left out or kind of uh, it's a sad feeling now i mentioned this i did not see this Laughter in the hallway is the opportunity for the grandparent to join in, yeah, full of life again. Life is leaving in the first poem. Life is coming back in big explosions yeah. in the third poem. Yeah. I almost don't. I, I, it's yeah. If if it, if it wasn't intended that way, I almost don't want to know that. I I just want it to be this way. Yeah, I, don't I, tell I us want the three. Don't tell us, Lamet. <laughs> if you didn't intend it this way, and we're just reading it to us, just 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 let us, you know. Just, just, just let us live in this. Let us live in this fantasy. So, <laughs> so no, yeah, it, it, it's, uh, yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. It's so much. It's so much about, um, yeah, and and uh, going back to the sort of conciseness of this, I feel like the the genius of the is the three poems. They are so they are so concise. You can take them in, and you can really concentrate. Um, there's so many important little parts to them that you can concentrate on and then you could also like it's you could easily you can easily hold them all in your head as you're reading them and start making the connections and that's why i like this i really i really am impressed with what she did with these three poems because as i'm yeah as i'm as i after i've read the first uh, as i'm reading the second poem i still have the first one in mind I'm thinking about that. And by the time True. I got to the third, even my first reading, I immediately thought, oh, okay, I immediately still have that in mind, especially if you're reading them together. And so it just, it's, uh, yeah, everything is so, and because of there's like 
that last one, that last one, uh, the the fact that there's only eight lines to it. So you, it's once again like like that, like in the second poem where there's the last is only one line. Being that there's only eight lines, you put a lot of weight on each line. Every weight, every every line has a lot of meaning when it comes down to it. And it's also, as you said, they, you you have the space between the first two and then the last six. You better not run, grandmother says. This is so. This this line that's read alone is this this you know has a lot of potential in terms of being could be ominous, could be everything else. And then the last six are all together read together. At least I think they probably were read together. There isn't a space between there. Nope, there's no space. Good. Okay. I was like, I had to check because it goes to the next page. So I was like, oh, there's not a space there. I wasn't reading out of the space. So yeah. But the space is super important too. And just the fact that those those aspects um of it just it's it's just it's just it's just crafted it's just crafted so well and it's crafted so well as a trilogy and i uh and uh, very impressed and i really um i really yeah i mean i was very i was very moved by the sort of journey that it that lynette took me on with these three poems and so i uh i thank i thank lynette for that so <laughs> yeah i love her poetry, <laughs> anything she sends us. Her her fiction is hilarious too. Like we get sometimes she sends stories and they're just they're they're very funny. And the, the poetry is the masterpieces. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It is just yeah. <sighs> well, that's ah, <so> nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nick, I want it makes to... me think about my plastic dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah, I know, yeah. I'm thinking uh, the same thing. Uh, <laughs> Dinosaurs and fire drugs, but yeah. I mean, that's you know, that's why it's so effective. We're immediately we're transporting into our own childhood, putting an end to it. And it's just like, wow, this is this is she created this moment. So, thank you, thank you for making me remember. So, yeah. <laughs> also, though, also, though, I'm still scared of the dark, too. I'm so still scared of the dark, but not as much thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Nick, I want to personally thank you. I realize, you know, having you and Tim and Jihei, the three poetry editors, are such a huge help. It's just very exciting to see poetry in this way. Uh, these ideas I would not have had uh, without talking to you. Um, so thank you very much awesome. for coming and talking. My pleasure. Yeah, no, I, it was such a joy to... Uh, I absolutely adored both these pieces we talked about. These are, well, the three poems and the the fiction today and it's such yeah it's, it was so much fun to talk about it so <laughs> all right nick see you next time thank, thank you again thank you very much thank you yeah such a pleasure thank you so much bob see you later yeah all right you've been listening to the deep overstock fiction podcast if you like literary podcasts check out the poet heroic a poetry podcast and small press publishing house founded by timothy arliss o'brien they are currently in their fourth season and open for submissions. They celebrate writers and uphold the belief that anyone can be a poet.